Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. But the good cactus was not afraid. He took a leap of faith, stepped out, and left. I am going to rescue this new flower, friend, he said. It took him a long time to get there. The flower appeared closer from far away, but the good cactus was strong and determined. He knew he had a purpose. I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, Flora shouted. She couldn't believe she got another chance to live. She quickly noticed the scar on the good cactus's hand. Why? she asked, crying. I was so mean. I didn't deserve it. Why me? Why me? Flora asked again and again. With love in his eyes and happiness in his heart from seeing her alive, the good cactus lovingly said to petalless Flora, We all need somebody to reach down and rescue us. I came here to do that for you. Flora felt so happy, like she had never felt before. Yes, I will be your friend. That's all I wanted, said the good cactus. She hugged the good cactus tightly. The longer she hugged him, the more she realized what the good cactus has done for her, and that he loved her unconditionally. Mom Village, we are here today and we have a special treat. But before we get started, we want to welcome you to the Mom Village Podcast, and I am here today with my friends, Gismeri Ramos and Kristen Scroggins, and you're Kira Kelly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And today we want to talk to a published author. We have her with us this morning, Gismeri Ramos, and I'm going to kick it over to Kristen, and we're going to get started this morning. Kara, how exciting that we have an author in our midst this morning. Jeese Marie has written a fabulous children's book, and we want our listeners to hear all about it this morning. But before we introduce our listeners to The Good Cactus, they've already heard little snippets of it by us reading this morning. But I'd like for us to interview Jeese and talk to her about the inspiration for the story and why this is a unique accomplishment beyond her simply just writing a book. Well, Jisma, we, if no one else tells you this, we are so proud of you and just thrilled that we can just be a part of you telling part of your story, actually, Mm -hmm. through The Good Cactus. And I was just sharing that this is such a wonderful book and I've actually gifted to a lot of people. So now we want to dig in and tell us more about it. So The Good Cactus is a story for children. Can you share with us a little bit about your childhood? Guys, thank you so much. I feel so weird being on the other side, literally. (laughs) I'm trying to stay quiet and let you guys speak. So I know you're not, <laughs> you're not the boss this morning. We're like loving this. Oh my God. It feels so weird, but I'm so thankful. Yeah. It's such a privilege to be able to share with the village about this awesome, sweet project. And at the same time, you know, just talk about it with you ladies. But yeah. So I said this before in the podcast, but some of you ladies or new listeners don't know, but I grew up in Puerto Rico. Really? But. <laughs> 
right? You're, you can't hear my accent. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, I actually just moved here when I married my husband. So I'm literally, I stink island. I'm like a Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. But yeah, so Spanish is my first language. You know, fun fact, I still dream in Spanish. Really? Do you really? I do. Isn't that funny? So let me ask you this. Wait, and sometimes Spanglish. Really? Oh, yes. Do you ever, so like when you go to say things in English, do you I, think, I think them of in, it in Spanish. Yep. And then you have to translate real yep. quick. That's unbelievable yep. to me. Yep, yep. So I think of it like you guys, when you learn Spanish, you think, oh, it's backwards. For me, it's like you guys are saying it backwards because <laughs> I learn it the other way. Right, always right. Yes. like adjectives and yes. nouns and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm amazed when I see people who are bilingual that, you know, they learn fluently like English, another language, or another language. No, no, it's crazy. And then, like, we have pastors on our staff, like Pastor Winter Ullman, who ha- knows like six languages. Uh-huh. It's like, how do you keep all that? Straight? I know. I always think it's funny when I tell people I still dream in Spanish. That's amazing. And sometimes Spanglish. I was like, oh, that's, that's fun. <laughs> I'm getting multicultural in my dreams. But yeah, so anyway, so um, I'm born, raised in Puerto Rico. I live here. This is our home now. My husband and I, we've been married for, it's going to be 18 years this year. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we have four kids, four little precious blessings mm-hmm. and two boys and two girls. And yeah, we hear that's a little quick, but yeah. Okay. So fast forward a couple of years, you have a very interesting story about when you did come to mm-hmm. America yeah. and you were married and you were a student. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that whole situation and how your husband, Christian, Pastor Christian, helped you out. And how did that strengthen your relationship with him? Yeah, bless his heart, my husband. So when I get, when I prove his love very hard, <laughs> when I came here that I, 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 like I said, I came here just to marry him. So I <laughs> literally, well, I was going to come to study, but he, he was like, hey, you might as well just put a ring on that finger and then come study. And at the same time, we be my wife. And I was like, sure, why not? You're handsome. But yeah, I didn't know the language, so I didn't know English. I they teach you English in Puerto Rico as you grow up. You know, it's it's just part of the curriculum. But only, so that's your foreign language. Yeah, yeah. But unless you practice that every day, or you go what it's called over there a private school, which you know it's for people that are actually able to do it monetarily. You don't know that much. It's a very basic, kind of like here, like you guys oh, know. Yeah. No, right. When we learn Spanish, none of us know any of that when yeah. we graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like basic. Right. We know forced. our colors, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But Hola. That's yeah. yeah. Like biblioteca <laughs> and then baño and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Copito. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the case for me. There's other people, and I feel like this generation now knows a little bit more because of social media and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It kind of helps. But mine was very basic. So I could understand people talk to me, but once I will talk to people, it, it will take me a longer time conversationally. It was very basic. So I came here, like I said, and um, I married my husband and I loved him and I, I was ready to transition to to come here, but I didn't realize, you know, what a cultural shock will that be in terms of the language. And also because I went from college over there to college here. So mm. I went to a college level. So I will sit in the front of the classrooms because I... I could not understand what the professor was saying because he was speaking too fast. So I will write everything and I will come home. And I didn't realize that they were going to give me books like, you know, Beowulf. Like Beowulf, <laughs> thank you. And all this like hard English, old school books. Old school and literature, uh, yeah. Yes, which are amazing now that I, I can understand every single word. But by then when I said thou something, I was like, what in the <laughs> world is that? So 
Bless my husband's heart that he translated every single word of Babel for me. Wow. Like he will sit down with me and not only that, but every single book or any assignment, like he will sit down with me and translate every single word so I can understand. And sometimes he will, I will do some papers and he will like fix them up or trying to help me out like with them. And I will be falling asleep because I was so tired. And he was like, wake up. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. He's like, I'm doing this for you. So yeah, we joke around. He says like he should have walked with me <laughs> holding the other corner of the uh, the diploma. But now he did his second master and I told him, "Hey, after four kids, I'm going to walk with you holding the other yeah. side because That's right. That's You've had to hold down the fort. Cuz I had to hold on the fort mm -hmm. for almost like 9 years of a second master. But yeah, that's how we roll it at home. But no, yes. well, I'm sure that like strengthened your relationship a lot. Oh at that yes. Point. Oh yes, definitely. And also it helped me a lot to that time in my life. I was really quiet, but not because I wanted to. It's just because I didn't know the language. So I've shared before as part of my testimony how I feel like the Lord speak to my heart saying, hey, I need you to be silent, but not for you to not speak the language, but it's just for you to learn. And I learned so much. I was like, I will say like in the, those three years that I was quiet, it was just learning how the culture was, how people were. And you will be surprised how much you can learn. A lot of being quiet? Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, I remember a lot of people will tell my husband, oh, your wife is so quiet. And he would be like, no, she's not quiet. She just doesn't know how to be Jesus Marie in English. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And, and I was like, okay. So I think that's what took me the longest because I knew my personality and everything, but I didn't know how to translate it. Like, I don't know what was funny. Like, I knew what was funny or, I don't know, serious or polite or whatever in Spanish, but I didn't know what was the translation of that. So that's what took me the longest. But after that, I felt like I learned so much that once I was able to communicate better, I was more intentional about my communication, you know, and the and things that, that I said and how I said it. And yeah. And now you're full-fledged. Now it's like, be quiet, please. <laughs> you're speaking too much. Jason, <laughs> your story is really amazing to me because Let's think about this. You grew up in a different country. And honestly, you haven't really talked about it this morning, but you're in a difficult situation. Your home life growing up was not easy. Yeah. And so you had that. Then you moved to the United States, became fluent in English, which, let, side note, you had Kira and I do something to help you promote this book. And we had to stay like two lines each in Spanish. And it was excruciatingly hard. <laughs> And I just became so much more in awe of you because you had to phonetically send us uh, audio recordings of what it sounded like. And we still butchered we it. Still, yeah, still and it. to be able to come here and speak fluently in a different language, not just that, now you've authored a book. Yeah, That is amazing of the journey that God has taken you on and what all the things in your life, even the hard things have brought you and made you Jis Miri Ramos in Spanish, English, whatever. But it's amazing. But tell us, why did you write the book? Well, first of all, I tell everyone, I've always been very passionate about literature and writing. I used to do it in Spanish a lot. Like I like poetry and all that stuff, but in Spanish. I even do like advanced Spanish and everything because I love all that writing and everything. But I always that had that passion in my heart, but I knew I'm like, if I'm going to write something, it's going to be a children's book because that's the level of English. I'm, 
I feel like I'm, I know I'm not going to do like a whole like study in a Bible or anything like that because I'm not at that level yet. But you never know. Never. You never know. But making a children's book has always been dear to my heart. I I don't know when that started, but I got put in my heart always to, you know, to write a book. Obviously, once I had kids, that became more more evident and like that passion grew even more. But the story wasn't there yet. So mm -hmm. I knew I, I wanted to, I didn't know what about, but it was over, this, this dream has been in my heart for over like five years. And during COVID was when it, it was more actively, you know, everyone had a little bit more time, mm -hmm. some of more than mm -hmm. others, you know, and I know it was a very difficult time for the world, but the Lord used it at least in my life to, to create something great. So I just share with a couple of friends, they're all, as passionate as I was about the topic. And I told them, hey, I have this in my heart. Will you help me? And they're all moms as well. And they're like, I'm in. So I had people like Monica O'Connor, who's an amazing graphic designer yeah. and a dear friend. She's so talented. And I told her from the beginning, hey, I want to do a children's book. And she's like, I'm in. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't even know what about, but she's like, I'm in. I love her for that and more. And then another friend who's a mom too, so talented, Rita Martinez, my goodness, this woman is so gifted. She hand-painted, like she drew all the art of this book. I told her the same thing. Hey, I want to do a children's book. And once I know what is it about, <laughs> I want her to know that I want you to be the one just creating the art for that. She's like, I'm in. And these two amazing moms just say yes, and they work really hard. Together, we work really hard to create this. But what I love is like, it's all moms with kids, little ones, in the midst of us, us doing this, it was COVID. These moms, they were both pregnant and they all have little ones as well. So I feel like it was also like a testimony for moms out there. Like, you know, sometimes they think because you're a mom, you don't have the time or, or you have to wait until you do motherhood and then you do your thing. Yeah. God can use you no matter the season or the stage of life you are. Yeah. Well, let me just follow up with that because I do want our listeners to understand this is not just another fluffy children's book. book. Yeah. Because, and, you know, Jisma's self-deprecated a little bit this morning when she's like, all I can do is write a children's book because <laughs> of my English. But this is not just a children's book. This book is a children's book, and it's fun for kids to read, but it is packed with oh, theology yeah. and right theology. And what I appreciate about you is you didn't just make sure your English was correct. You made sure that the theology was correct, and you had our pastors look over it and give you feedback, and you know it shares the gospel. Yeah. And so I love that, that this is a children's book, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a great tool for parents. And we wanted to make sure that it was not one more story. We mm -hmm. wanted to make it also like a devotional. So if kids or older kids, you know, wanted to read scripture. So every page of the story, you'll find there's a Bible reference. And like you said, I collaborated with amazing pastors from the church. I'm so blessed to work with them and for them also to have said yes. I reached out to them and I wanted to create something that can help parents have Bible conversations. Because yeah. when I will read my little one's books, I wanted something first that will be bilingual because Spanish is my first language. And you can find many stories or Bible stories, but nothing that, like you said, Kristen, was linked with the scriptures bilingual again. 
So we have the story in Spanish and English in the same book. So it's like a teaching, you know, so kids can learn also Spanish from like the number of the pages to the story itself. But at the same time, each page has a Bible reference that will guide them to whatever's happening in the story. You can find it also in scripture because it is inspired by scripture. That's the whole idea of the story. And we wanted to make sure that if a kid wants to just read the story, they can read it and be blessed by it and mm -hmm. have Bible conversations with the parents. Or if they wanted to use it as Bible study, they can go page by page and just get the Bible reference and learn from it. And also we have the three circles, which we use here at the church. Pastor, your husband, you know, preach about this all the time. And we use it as a great tool for the gospel. So we wanted to make sure we introduce the three circles to kids and give kids an opportunity to receive Christ. We even add a prayer at the end. And we have had moms that have come to us telling us, hey, we have kids that have received Christ because they've done the prayer at the end. And wow. to us, that's just, that to me is the best gift, you mm -hmm. know, to hear that a little one just accepted Christ just because he followed the prayer at the end. Yeah, so there's a lot of little things, you know, each of the moms that collaborated have a little note to their kids at the end, just encourage other moms, hey, no matter the season, you can do this. We had notes for the kids at the end. We were very intentional to all the little details to make sure this is not one more storybook. Mm -hmm. it's, oh, geez, it's something wow. you can pass on, you know. And wow, that's just a testament to just your creativity and just how much thought that you put into literally every single page yeah. of The Good Cactus. So you share with us that you collaborated with moms, but there was another little person that's very special in your life that mm -hmm. had a, a big impact on the good cactus. So share with our listeners, where exactly did the idea, how was it spawned? The inspiration. Yeah, the inspiration. There's, there's a little person in your life that, yeah. that really inspired the good so, cactus. So yeah, my oldest son, Christian Anthony, he kind of was the spark of this story because I he was, I believe, either in kindergarten or first grade by then. But, you know, he was given an assignment when they start teaching them how to write and compose stories and everything. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you do it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he was given an assignment and they give him three little squares and three little lines, you know, very simple for them to do, just do a story of anything, beginning, middle and end. And I remember he came to me you know, precious little mind. He's very creative. But once they tell you, put it on paper, they have no idea what to do. So he said, mom, I don't know what to do this about. And I was like, okay, it so happened that we have learned. I don't remember when or where, but we just recently have learned about how cactus and cacti have water inside. So I told him, hey, I just right there, I was like, why don't we just do something about a cactus and a flower and it's hot and he mm -hmm. gives the flower water because, you know, they're next to each other. And that's how they help each other. And he's like, yeah, I like that idea. So we started doing this together. And we created like very basic, just a little cactus and a flower. The flower being sad because it's hot. And then the cactus giving her water. And then he did like the little lines. And I was like, at the end, I was like, hmm, this kind of like looks like a good idea. So I was like, okay, I think there's more into this. And I kept it. And then later on. When we were in COVID and we started, I told him, hey, remember that story? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you think you can help me? I think there's a good story here. And then I started kind of like creating this story with him and picking his brain because I wanted to make sure whatever I was creating, it came from a child's mind. Like mm -hmm. they have the best creativity. So 
they were my inspiration, my kids, and also my audience. So I will ask them, hey, I think I want the cactus or the flower to do this. You guys sing? And they're like, yeah. And then so they will give me. So definitely my kids had a big input okay, so in the story. Yeah. So those are the two main characters? We have the cactus, the good cactus, <laughs> which is a cactus. <laughs> and then the other characters is, is a flower named Flor. Oh, and floor. I name her if you're <laughs> a southern white girl, it's floor. floor. <laughs> you see, when you say it like that, I think floor. Like I, the, yeah, like that. Me actual, too, Jasmine. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually did obviously on purpose. I wanted Flor to have her name like Flor in Spanish mm. to kind of hint hint at the fact that it was a bilingual mm-hmm. book and there's something beyond the flower character. All right. So tell us a little bit about what the message of the good cactus is. Yeah, the good cactus, my goodness, there's, I feel like there's so much to say about the message. Definitely the main message is just Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus in our lives and the sacrifice and what he has done for us. But man, the good cactus is a story like, I know it's a kid's story and it's very dear to my heart, but I read it and every time I read it, I get emotional because it is, Christ's story. It is. That's what I want. I wanted readers to read it and be identified and see Christ's story every time they read it. But basically, the good cactus is literally the story of what the Lord does every day for us and what scripture says. And then the fact that his promises are new every morning because he's such a gentleman in the story and he's always pursuing Flor, who's the one that is kind of like us, you know, in this world. She's trying to do life on her own, and she thinks she has it all figured out, like we all do, and we don't need help. But then the good cactus is kind, and he's always patiently waiting for her, you know, to have a change of heart and always pursuing her heart. And yeah, I won't say it all because I don't want to spoil the story, but the good cactus is the representation of, of what Christ is in our life, and Flor is what we are without Christ mm. in our day-to-day. Well, what is great about this book, we always on The Mom Village are encouraging our moms to weave the things of Christ and the teachings of God into just everyday life. Mm -hmm. And this is a tangible example of how to do that. You're going to read a book anyway, probably, or we should be, right, reading to our children. And so why not grab a book that isn't just a story, but points our kids to the story, the gospel. So I, I love that. Yeah, and we, the whole main thing that I wanted to do for parents also as a great tool, it was, like you said, they're reading a story every night. Why not reading this that can spark, again, gospel conversation with the kids? Because when you read a regular story, which are great, but what's the good message about it? You know, we usually, when we watch a movie at home or we read a book, my husband always says, so what do you learn about this? Or what did you like or whatever? But this time, you know, kids can actually say like, hey, dad, like, can we find that Bible verse? Let's see. Or what do you learn about this? Well, we, they're always going to say, I learn about there's something good about Christ or this or Jesus, because that's the main message. Mm-hmm. So that's what we wanted. We wanted to give a resource to parents, even if you don't know how to explain the gospel, mm-hmm. even if you are a new Christian or you're just giving it to a friend. It's an easy way to have that gospel conversation, even like you don't have to be an expert. This yeah. is for a kid to learn as well as the parents. Yeah. Wow. So we started off this episode reading different portions of The Good Cactus, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you probably have 
you've read it probably a thousand times <laughs> over and over between, you know, your editing process. Yeah. But can you share with the mom village, what is your favorite part hmm. of the good cactus? Oh my goodness. It's yeah, definitely is at the end when the good cactus. Are you going to spoil the ending? Sure. I don't know if it's spoiling <laughs> the ending or sharing it so you can get it. <laughs> And see how he gets there. But yeah, I just love the ending when, you know what? I won't say it specifically, but I love the ending when the good cactus does something pretty amazing mm-hmm. to save Flor's life. And it doesn't matter how many times I read it. And the fact that I was the one that wrote it, I get emotional because it's undeserving. And yet he does it like the Lord does in our lives. And I think I get emotional reading it because I've seen the Lord doing that every day in my life, in mm-hmm. my kid's life, in my husband's life. And in so many people I love, how he keeps doing that every single day without us deserving it. And she even says it, and I think you read it at the beginning, Kristen, like she's like, I didn't deserve it. Why me? Why me? And that special part in the story, it was the hardest part because I didn't know what was he going to say. So that was the part that took the longest for me to just write that part. And I was like, I don't know, because... I don't know what he would say. Like, I know the Lord can say many things in our lives, but, and their scripture says a lot of things, but I don't know what this character would say. I mean, I didn't want to put it exactly how scripture says it, you know, because this is different. It's a personification. Mm-hmm. So I remember Pastor Jimmy, your husband, was preaching one time a sermon, and he shared the line I actually put in the book. So hint, hint, Pastor Jimmy, thank you for that line. (laughs) Credit to you. He's actually part of the credits because he helped also with the Bible references. But he said this line that was perfect, which I'm not going to say so you can get the book, but that's the reply he gives to Floor. And he tells her the reason why he did that. And I think it was just perfection because we all need, we all need that savior, you know. But yeah, so... That's a good cactus. All right. So we're going to push you. Okay, do it. So now that you have, I mean, basically you've crushed English, coming to America, learning English fluently. You are a published author. What's in the works next? Do you think you'll write another book? I would say definitely. I don't have anything yet. <laughs> no, there's I don't no way. Have anything yet. I don't have anything yet. I would love, honestly, I would love to continue the good cactus adventure. I really love the topic of the good cactus because he's in the desert, you know, and it represents life so much like us and the death, you know, without Christ, like how life it is and the running water and, you know, and everything. But we'll see. I don't know. So far, I keep doing a great podcast. You'll need to listen called the mom village, (laughs) (laughs) but don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. Well, can you share with our listeners, as we're about to wrap up, how can they get their hands on a copy of The Good Cactus? Of course, yes. As easy as Amazon. They're not paying us Moms, for Moms, if you're not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying us anything, but Amazon has been great. Yeah, you can just get on Amazon, Amazon Prime, just type The Good Cactus, or in Spanish, El Buen Cactus, or my name, Gisemarín Ramos, and then you'll see The Good Cactus there. And soon, we'll be releasing the audiobook. In Spanish and English. So if you get the book now, you can then get the audiobook and do story time with your kids and follow along. And that way they can learn Spanish too and listen to the audiobook in Spanish or English. And that'll be a good story time at night and make it more, you know, fun and yeah. All right. So moms, we're going to encourage you to go out there or just get on your phones right now and order not one, not two, but several copies of The Good Cactus. It's a wonderful gift. We know that a lot of you out there are in baby season and your friends are having babies. What a wonderful 
gift to give a family the gift of sharing the gospel with their newborns and their children. So please go out and purchase a couple copies of The Good Cactus by Jesus Marie Ramos. And side note, this is the first children's book from Family Church Network. So yeah, I'm so honored that Family Church Network asked me to be part of their team and just release their first children's book. How amazing. So we're going to sign off. And Jisma, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so willing to come and share about how your dream literally has become a reality. And you put it in the homes of so many of our listeners. So guys, go out and get a copy, a few copies of The Good Cactus. We love you. And we're going to sign off now from the Mom Village on three. Bye. Bye.